chapter number 12, and we'll continue in uh, this uh, chapter this evening, and we'll move uh, in a little bit further into verse number 2, and look forward to uh, continuing to talk about the transformation, uh, which last week we talked about the rebellion, tonight will be the renewing, and next week will be the revealing, uh, talking about the will of God, and all this is a progression of uh, things that will take place uh, in a Christian's life, a believer's life, if we follow the pattern that God has set. And so Romans chapter number, we'll read verses 1 and 2, and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, this study. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite Bible cha- chapters, and I've, I'm certainly enjoying it, and I trust that it's a help. Verse number 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, we spent a couple of weeks in verse number one. We know there's an appeal uh, for the Christian. Uh, that appeal is for us because of the mercies of God, because of salvation, because of God's uh, obvious mercy to us, there's an appeal for us to offer ourselves a living sacrifice. God, you have every part of me. You have, you have my will. You have uh, you, you, your, your direction you send me. That's the way I'm going to go. Uh, your, your thoughts are the thoughts I'm going to pattern after. So that is the goal for us to offer ourselves. Uh, when we do that, we have an opportunity... Uh, which verse 2 speaks of, in the transforming. How can someone uh, who has lived a life of sin, uh, even after, after salvation, we know their eternity has changed. We know that now they have heaven, but how is it that they can be cleaned up? How is it that they can uh, stop doing the things that they once did and, and serve the Lord as a Christian? Uh, sometimes that's hard for a new uh, Christian uh, to grasp a hold of when they come to a church that's established like our church, and, and they look and they see everybody, and you have everybody fooled that comes in here, I'll just tell you that. They see everybody and say, I could never, how is it? But what they don't see, and I, and I try and remind them of this, is everybody in here was just like that individual when we got saved. But we've gone through a transformation that didn't happen with a praise band. I'm just going to get started quick tonight. Uh, it, it didn't happen, though. No, it's the Word of God. That's how it happens. So we have an opportunity for that transformation. We talked last week about the rebellion that takes place, that rebellion of not conforming to the world. The world says conform, conform, conform. You no, know, there's got to be something inside of us that says, no, I'm not conforming to the world. We know it's the Holy Spirit of God. He's in us at salvation. He, 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 he indwells within us. And then as we hear the Word of God, it's preached to us, it's taught to us, uh, there's that stirring on the inside uh, that takes place. That's why the best thing you can do for, for any Christian, but especially new Christians, is get them in church. Because they're gonna, now the Holy Spirit's going to talk to them through the preaching of the Word of God. Uh, get, get in the Word of God. Pastor, what should I do? Get in your Bible. What's going to happen? There's going to be a stirring. Then there's an opportunity to have the surrender. And that is that surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's how we don't conform. You, you don't just decide one day, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. That's not how it happens. 
Or I, I'm, I, what, what New Year's resolutions did you make? I'm gonna, my New Year's resolution is to be Christ-like. Okay, let's expound that a little bit. Well, I just decided it. I'm going to do it. There's a little more. You, can't, you have to decide not to conform. Then it comes to that transforming. The night we're going to talk about the renewing. The renewing of our minds that must take place. There has to be the rebellion. But it doesn't stop there. After the rebellion, something inside of us that says, I, 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 I'm not going to do it. I'm going to listen to what God says. I'm going to listen to his instruction. I'm going to listen to his leading. So I'm not going to conform. Now something else has got to take place. You know, decide not to conform to this world is not a decision you make one time. It's a decision you make over and over and over and over again. But the transforming cannot take place without the renewing. We're talking about that tonight. Father, I pray that you'll help us as we look into the Word of God. May this truth uh, change us. May this truth uh, be something that helps us in our Christian life. Uh, but may it help us as we deal with others. May it help us in understanding uh, new Christians and understanding those that are weak in the faith, how they can be strengthened. And uh, may we be helped by the Scripture this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. By way of introduction this, this, this evening, I'm going to make a few statements. Uh, first statement is this, when we think of the renewing of our mind. The Bible says that we're transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind. In the day we live in the day, there is too much emphasis placed on transformation and not on renewing. Everybody wants to be transformed. This tonight will help some of you parents who have a, a, a child that's away from God. Because there's nothing in your heart you want more than them to be transformed from the life they're living outside of Scripture into that submitted servant of God who's trying to please the Lord. You have those that you invest in, in, the, in, in, in your Sunday school class, a new convert. You know what the Word of God will do for them. You want them to be transformed. This world is, it has, Satan has so many snares today uh, into individuals. In, in the, in the, what do they need? There are, there are Christians who, who they, they can trust Christ on the, uh, as a Savior. You can win on the Christ on the street corner, but that doesn't, on the inside, they have the Holy Spirit. They have an eternity that's secure. They have a soul that's secure, but it's not an instantaneous, the next week they're teaching Sunday school. There, it does have to be a growth, but there has to be a transformation. There's too much emphasis placed on the transformation because that's the finished work that we see. We want to see that finished work all the time. Pastor, I, 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 I'm dealing with this, and I want victory over it. Pastor, I, this, this, this has got me ensnared, and I want victory over it. Pastor, I'm in this pit, and I want to get out of it. And, 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 and I sit down with them. They come to see me. I go to see them, and, and, and they say, this is, this, is what, this is what I need out of. And they say, I need you to help me. And I say, okay, this is what you're going to have to do. I start laying out everything. You need to be in church. You need to, you need to stop doing these things. You need, to, you need to, I'll even meet with you on a weekly basis and we'll go over. Well, that's not what they had in mind. They thought just because we had a cup of coffee and they talked to the pastor that it, they'd be transformed like that. That's not the way it works. There's too much emphasis placed on the transformation and not on the renewing. See, you cannot transform without the renewing. Look at your Bible. How many of you believe your King James Bible tonight? 
But be ye, we've already talked about, be not conformed to this world. We're going to rebel against that conforming. But be ye transformed because you wish it to be that way. Because you will it to be that way. Because we're going to think it in our minds so it's going to happen. No, what's the scripture say? But be ye transformed by. See that little two-letter word, by? You ought to circle it. By the renewing of your mind. Automatically, we focus on the transforming because that's the finished product. That's what we want about ourselves. That's what we want about somebody else. That's what we want about somebody else. But how it comes is by the renewing of our mind. You cannot transform without the renewing. I want to establish these things by introduction. I'm going to expound on them a little bit. You cannot, according to Scripture, there's only one way to have that transformation. After we have rebelled against conforming, you have to rebel against conforming, you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The third statement, you cannot renew your mind while being conformed to this world. Everything is built in steps in the Scripture. If you're conformed to this world, you're not going to be transformed because your mind's not going to be renewed. Because you're going to be thinking like the world, you're going to be in the world, you're going to be a part of the world, you're going to be doing all those things. You are not going to be have your mind renewed while you're being conformed. Say, Pastor, why do you make blanket statements and in the teaching that I've done on the emerging church, the contemporary church, the no Bible church, let's just all get together and feel better about ourselves. Well, how can you say that there's no growth there? How can you say there's no... Because there cannot be a transformation without a renewing. There cannot be a renewing if you have not resisted the conforming. Because if you have if conformed to this world, number one, you can't conform to it without thinking like the world. That's why I hear me very carefully. There's probably somebody in this room in your mind, you've already conformed to this world. But when you graduate from high school, you're just going to go ahead and let the outside show what your mind is already at. Or you're just waiting for the opportunity, like moving to a new location, for you just to accidentally not show up because your mind has already conformed to this world. Just some hypotheticals there. You cannot renew your mind while being conformed to this world. Fourth statement. You cannot renew your mind without offering yourself as a living sacrifice. Notice the progression that we've taken in verse number one and through verse number two. God, I'm offering myself. Now now I'm a child of God. Now I'm part of His family. What's the first step? We offer ourselves. Okay, I should follow the Lord and believers' baptism. I'm going to follow the Lord and believers' baptism. What do you do? You need to be part of church. Okay, I'm going to to become part of the church. What should I I do? You should begin telling others about Christ. Well, what should I do? Well, Scripture says you ought to to be a giver. You ought to tithe. You ought to give. Okay, that don't make sense to me, but I'll I'll do it because I'm offering myself. Well, Christians shouldn't do this and this and this. Man, I went and asked the pastor what my next step was, and I'm sorry I asked him because, you know, I can't do this now, and I can't do this now. You're starting to offer yourself. Say, I don't understand it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so you offer yourself, and it's reasonable, I remind you, so in verse number two, now I've got to, I've got to 
not conform. I've got the Holy Spirit in me to help me. I'm not going to conform to this world. I'm not going to be like this world. This world is at odds against God. If there's anything that illustrates the, 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 the dire shape that our nation is, is when you'll legislate the ability to legally to murder full-term babies and then applaud it? If you hadn't heard, that, that's taking place in our country. Um, the world is against God. That's why the scripture says uh, to, be, to be friends in the world is to be at, in enmity with God. You cannot be fr- So we can't conform. And so when I, when I get, I want to be transformed. I want to be transformed. How am I transformed? By the renewing of my mind. But it all starts with offering that sacrifice. Because if I don't say, God, whatever you want from me, I'm not going to fight the conformity. And then we get to that transformation. Don't focus on the transformation. Focus on how it gets done. The renewing of our mind. You cannot renew your mind while being conformed to this world. I've got three points for you tonight. I do have 47 subpoints. So, first, first statement is this, as far as our outline goes. We must, if we're, if we're going to have a renewing, we must understand the goal. Do not miss this. It's simple, but it's so simple, it's profound, and you'll, and you'll see what I'm talking about. We must understand the goal. Transformation is the likeness of Christ, not a better version of you. Transformation is the likeness of Christ, not a better version of you. Somehow we have bought into the humanism of this world, even as Christians. And if I improve myself, then I... I'm changed. I am free. No, no, no. You cannot be transformed without being in in the image of Christ, the likeness of Christ. Are you following me? See, we have the wrong goal. Let me help you. Stop, stopping, not, not drinking alcohol anymore is not the goal. Um, now, you should stop. Uh, there's no Christian, you say, well, I, I think a Christian should we ought to be, I'm not, I'm not wasting my time talking to you. It's just, some things are just obvious. Stopping using foul language is not the goal. See, you don't think we should, you mean we should, no, we shouldn't use foul language. Quitting the vices of life is not the goal. Isn't transformation the goal? How are we transform? The likeness of Christ. You know, Joel Osteen, your best life now. That's not scripture. I know you're shocked that Joel Osteen's not using scripture, but that's not scripture. Oh, we got to elevate our life. That's not scripture. It's not. The goal is not a better me. The goal is not a better you. The goal is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not transformed until we are like Him. That's the, if we're going to be transformed or we're going to help somebody be transformed, we've got to understand the goal has got to be the right goal. The goal is not for me to improve myself. Now, in my, my, my pursuit of being like Christ, I will improve. 
If I say Christ is my, is my, is my goal, but living like him and being in his likeness is what I am pursuing, guess what language I'm not going to use anymore? I'm not going to use the world's language. I'm pursuing Christ. I want, I want to be like him. That, that is my goal. That, that, is, that, that is what I want to have. Then I'm not going to participate in the vices of this world. We're getting it backwards. Now, part of not conforming is you, you don't do what the world does. But then there's that next step of being transformed. We First, if we are going to be transformed, we're going to have our minds renewed, we must understand the goal is the likeness of Christ, not a better version of you. Now, I love you all. But you're not the standard. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm not impressed with a better version of you. Now, I think the greatest Christians in the world are in this room. There's some exceptions, but I think the greatest Christians in the world are in this room. But how, how low is the bar if we're just shooting for a better version of us? Oh, because you know what will happen? Eventually, if it's just a better version of us, we'll think this version is, is, is so much better than it used to be, so this version is okay. And look at that wicked, wicked world out there. We don't even have to try, and we're better than them. And so what do we do? We stop growing. If you're not growing as a Christian, you're backsliding. The only backsliders aren't the Christians who know they ought to be in church down at the bars. All those dirty backsliders. There's a lot of backsliders that sit on church pews. Because if you're not growing, you're backsliding. You do not stay the same as a Christian. So if the likeness of Christ is my pursuit, it's my goal, then, then, then I can have the transformation. But that's where a lot of Christians don't have the transformation. That's why we get, we get frustrated. Because we've set this goal. No, I want the goal to be Christ. Christ, be Him. Too many are seeking transformation and they will never find it. Never find it. Because their target is a better version of them and not Christ. That's why when I've learned this, I didn't always operate this way, but I've got some experience now. I've learned this. It breaks my heart to see somebody in the snares of this world. I will help them. And, and I say this, and I believe everybody in here would do this. I, I, I've pulled money in my pocket. I would pull money in my pocket. I take, I've taken hours and hours and hours of my time to try and help somebody get out of the pit of sin. But, what, but if, this is what I watch for. Do you just want relief from the results of sin? Or do you really want to be transformed? And I'm just going to be honest with you. You know my heart. I'm a loving individual. I'm a, I wasn't going to say I'm a patient individual, but it's, it's running low right about now. I've got compassion for others. But, but I'm not going to waste my time with somebody who doesn't have a goal that can help them. And that's what this world really wants. You say, well, well what do you need? You need to receive Christ as your Savior. Oh, I've heard that before. Well, you just want relief from your circumstances. You don't really want to be transformed. 
Well, well, I'll, 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 I want to get, I want to get help. I want, well, won't you come to church? Won't you let my pastor, our pastor help you? Oh no, I'm not doing that. They don't want to be transformed because to be transformed is to be like Christ. Christ is the pattern for everything. Well, I just have these temptations. Christ is the pattern for how to resist temptation. Okay, we're running out of time. So number one, it's important. Don't under, we, we have to understand the goal. The goal is Christ. Number two, are you with me? Renewing is a replacing. That word renew means renovation. Renewing is a replacing. You cannot take the mind of humanism and set it next to the mind of Christ and they coexist. It's one or the other. You're either in or you're out. It's got to be a replacing. That's what renewing is. We, we, get, we, we trust Christ as our Savior. Now there's this appeal, brethren, as we see in verse number 1. Uh, offer yourself, present yourself a living sacrifice. God, whatever you want with me, that's what I'm going to do. It's my reasonable service. So that way I can be holy and acceptable unto you. And to do it for that transformation, I want to be transformed. There, there, are, there, there are people in sin that want to get out of it. They're in addictions, they want to get out of it. But it comes down to, or they can offer themselves to God and say, whatever you want from me. And I'm willing to not conform so that I can be transformed. Then there's got to be a renewing, a renewing, a renovation. I'm having my house painted right now, and the painters have discovered some places where there's some some rot. And so it's actually Brother Nelson painting my house, so I always go out there and watch them so nothing walks away. Um, but if you discover that, you have a couple of options. You can just put new boards or caulk it or paint over it. And it looks good. But somewhere down the line, you're going to have some structural problems. Or you can do is, I've had them do, is take all the rot out and put new wood in. Now, they didn't tear the house down and replace it. They just replaced that which was rotted. So now that which was damage to the house, that which was causing structural problems is gone and new was put in. Don't miss that. That's what we have to have if we're going to be transformed. We want the mind of Christ. Why would you want the mind of an alcoholic? Let me ask you something, parents. Don't get upset at me. Why in the world would you want any of your children to have the mind of any Hollywood movie star? Let me go a little further. Why would you want your children to have the mind of any godless professional athlete? Right. 
Why? See, when you put it in that perspective, say, well, that, that's not, why would you want that? Christian, why would you want the mind of this world? Why would you want the mind of fallen man? Our heart is so desperately wicked, the Bible tells us that. Let's be honest with ourselves. That's our flesh. And so what we have to do is we have to have a renovation. I wish everybody could get saved at four years of age, stay completely away from the world, and never be exposed. That's just not reality. So if you've been in sin, you have things, now you have these appetites that have developed, you know what you've got to do? You've got to renovate. There's too many Christians that are just painting over the wood rot and hoping, hoping it holds up long enough. And what you need is a renovation. What you need is the old taken out. Why? Because they had the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have to replace our mind with the mind of Christ. I'll help you with that in just a moment. Let me, let me illustrate. And I'm running out of time. Brother Mike, I'm going to get you to help me. Come on up here. It's either you or Brother Sally, and it's definitely going to be you. <laughs> Mike represents man. God, one day, decided he was going to make man to fellowship with him. So Scripture tells us God took a bunch of dust and formed it all together. I think Adam might have been a better job, but, you know, he formed it, formed it all together. And now we have this dust. Make, the Scripture says, let us make him in our image. We have, an, we have an image. We have a form of dust. But once that is formed, this dust didn't start breathing on its own. This dust did not have life on its own. So God breathed life into man. Everybody follow me? So man exists because God gave man life. We know Adam sinned in the garden. And that sin nature passed down to every one of us. So I don't know if it passed to me. I've seen your children. It had to pass through you. It passed down to every one of us. So man sinned, and if we could illustrate God saying, okay, save yourself, man, from your sin. Man can't do it. So once again, a benevolent, gracious, merciful God said, I will give you life in the form of my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And God gave life once again. When he first fashioned man, he breathed life into man. When man fell and man sinned and needed a Savior, God in His mercy said, I'll give you my Son for your salvation. But man is a fallen creature. We find in our text that we find much in the New Testament of this transformation that needs to take place. So once again, God, God knows... One of my favorite verses, and some, we all need to be reminded of this, He remembereth we are but dust. 
When God fashioned man, he looked at that dust and said, I got to breathe life into him or he'll never live. Then when man fell, God looked at that dust and said, he can't save himself. I'm going to have to step in again. I'm going to have to give my son as a savior so that he might have eternal life. But this dust is a fallen creature. There needs to be a transformation that takes place. We have a carnal mind. We have a worldly mind. And God, once again, looks at this dust and says, they can't renew their own mind. They can't wish. So once again, a loving and a benevolent God gives us the Word of God so that we might renew our mind. Think about how good our God is. We'd have never had life. We'd have never had life if, if God had not breathed life in the man. We'd never have hope of salvation, eternal life, if God had looked at us again and said, I'm gonna, I, love you, I love you so much, I'm going I'm to send my son so that you might have eternal life. And then he, he won't... So now we get saved, we're on our way to heaven. And we're going to spend eternity with our heavenly Father. That pleases the Father. That, that we have received salvation through His Son. And, and God looks at our record and He sees the record of His Son. He says, oh yeah, that, that's, that's, that's Mike Payton. I see his record there. It's clean. Oh, oh, when, when his days are... I know, I know how long he's got. I've set his days. And when, when they're done, precious in the sight of the Lord or the death of the saints because they're coming home to Dad. But he wants us to live a victorious life. And we'll get to this next week so that we can do the will of God while we're here. So God, in his love and his mercy, says, I've got to give this dust the means to renovate their mind, to renew their mind. And that's the word of God. Because God does not want a child of God to live like a child of the world. God does, not want, God does not want His children, who He sent His Son to die for, to look like, to act like, to, 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 to live like those that are unregenerated. He, he wants them to resemble Jesus. But he knows we're dust. There's no way this dust can resemble, except, except I give them the word of God to renovate their mind. Now, man has a choice. He had no choice when God breathed his life into him. But when man fell, he had a choice to receive the benevolence of God or say, I'll get to heaven on my own. How foolish for a man to do that. He has a choice. He can receive the benevolence of God. He can't save himself. I mean, look at him. He can't save himself. So God says, I'm going to give you what you don't have. The ability. I'm going to give you salvation. I'm going to give you the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. 
And man can accept it, or man can say, as so many do, no, I'll, I'll do it myself. God says, I want you to be perfect. Because if we're going to fellowship, how can two walk together except they be agreed? I'll expand on that at another time, but that does not mean, I don't have time to do that tonight. We need to be on the same page. And so, uh, it can't be perfect. But all through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a perfect record. And now God, God knows the misery that sin causes in our life. God knows the consequences of sin. Just like it breaks the heart of a parent to watch their child suffer and and, and face consequences. Think of our Heavenly Father. He knows what sin does. He knows the evil of Satan. He knows the snares that he has. He knows what a lot of Christians won't even won't admit that Satan is too strong for any man. He's cunning. He has his wiles. He has his tricks. And God says, I don't want them to suffer at the hands of sin. I don't want them to live as an unsaved. I'm going to give them the Word of God. And He has preserved it all through time. Blood has been shed so that you and I can hold the Bible in our hands this evening. Just as man can say, I don't want your mercy. I don't want your love. I'm not going to accept Christ as my Savior. I'll do it on my own. How foolish. But man also has the same choice after their salvation. When God says, here's my word. It'll renew your mind. It'll renovate your mind. So you can be transformed. So that you might do the will that I have for you. There's a peace in knowing you're doing what God put you on this planet to do. Man has the same choice. How foolish to say, no, I'll do it on my own. I'll do it on my own. We've got to have, thank you, Mike. We, we've got to have the word of God. Now follow with me. Man has two choices to receive God's gift or reject by depending on self. We said, first of all, and the third point is going to be very simple tonight. First of all, we've got to, have, we've got to understand the goal. And the goal is to be like Christ. That's transformation, to, to, to be like Christ. Renewing is a replacing you cannot be absent in the Word of God and change your mind. I don't care how many Oprah TV show, television shows you, you watch. I don't care how many self-help books that you read. It's not going to transform you. It's not going to do it. You have to have that which will renovate or replace your mind. The mind of Christ. Say, what would God think about? Open the Bible and read it. That's what He thinks about. This is, this is His mind. I wish I knew what God was thinking. Open the Bible. You can know what God is thinking. That is what is going... It is a two-edged sword. It's a supernatural book. It is a cleansing. You let the Holy Spirit it dwells in you bear witness with this book. It will begin. And I want to be more practical, but I'm running out of time. That's why, uh, first of all, we need to very quickly say, we must be honest about our need to be renovated. I learned this the hard way in ministry too. You cannot help somebody that does not want to be helped. 
You can't help them. Well, I, I'm okay. Well, I'm looking at you and you ain't okay. What are they saying? I don't want to be renovated. I don't want to be transformed. I, because their goal is not the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be honest about our need to be renovated. We must turn to God for the renovation. Just in the illustration I I, I, I showed you just a moment ago, there would be no life. There would be no eternal life. Man had to turn to God and say, I can't do it on my own. Same thing with the renovation of our mind. We cannot do it on our own. We got to look to God and say, I need my mind renovated. And that's where we have the Word of God to help us renovate our mind. That's why you've got to be in the Bible. So, Pastor, in my past life or before I got saved, there's so much garbage that went on up in here. Get in the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. What should I read? Anything would be a good start. Get in the Word of God. You say, oh, they, those things pop in my head. Get in the Bible. You've got you've to renew. You've got to renovate. Um, there's much more I can say on that, but I'm out of time. Number three. I have 30 seconds. Third, third, let me just give you some examples of trans, trans, transformation thinking. We know the Bible is God's standard. Who is our, if we want transformation, who or what's the goal? Tell me. Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, is our goal. Not stopping, doing things. No, He is our goal. In order to get there, we've got to have some renovation. Now, we know God's standard. Let me read some scripture to you. And while I'm reading it, I want to ask you, how is your thinking? How is your thinking in comparison to what God says? And if we bristle against what God says, we need some renovation. What God says about himself in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Uh, there's, no, there's no equal ground with God. By the Lord Jesus Christ, Philippians 1, 20 and 21, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, for to me to live, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So what does the world say about Christ? That's not, that's not the mind of Christ. What do you say about God? That's not the mind of, of Christ. What do you say about God? Think about the world, Ecclesiastes 1, verse 1 and 2, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Everything in this world is vanity. So, 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 so why, why are we as Christians, why are we, well, no, I, this is, these temporal things, I got, I got to have, well, no, God says it's all vanity. What you don't do for him is vanity. That's what God says. That's not, that goes against us, doesn't it? Our relationships, Acts 24, 16. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Are we upset when we offend God? Our will, Lamentations 3, 24. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in Him. Hoping in Him instead of ourselves, our affection. Colossians 3.2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. 
Well, I don't want to do that with my life. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Oh, I don't think we ought to get that, that invested in, the thing, in things at church. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. What does God say? Love. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Grief. Psalms 42, 1 through 3. To the chief musician. The sons of Kor, as the heart paineth after the water brook, so paineth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? Are we looking to God in our times of trouble? Or are we looking in other places? I'm just going through a hard time. I'll get back in church when it's over. You need your mind renovated. That, that, that's not... That's not, Christ, that's not the standard of Christ. Fear. Psalms 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The average Christian doesn't think like that when it comes to fear. So what we need to do? We need to constantly be seeking the mind of Christ. If more Christians would, number one, read the Bible, if more Christians would memorize Scripture, if more Christians would make them some notes of, of, of verses and keep them where they could see them, they would get in less trouble, they'd backslide less, they'd get victory over things. Why? Because they're re- renovating their mind. Uh, well, I, I'm afraid. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Meekness, Matthew eleven twenty 20 through 23. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. Because... They would not humble themselves. How many times have a Christian, oh, I just don't, I, I, don't I, I know he said it. I just don't agree with it, so I'm not doing it. I know I'm wrong, but oh, you won't humble yourself. Well, Holy Spirit, I know you've been beating up on me the whole time, but I'm not going down to that. I'm not doing I'm not changing We have scripture, God says one place is going to be more tolerable than them even though there were less works done there because they would not humble themselves. Our words, Matthew 12, 36, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Our actions, 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. How is our thinking compared to God's thinking? Pastor Pastor Emmanuel Baptist Church, I I love the people. And I even love you. But this is some extreme stuff. It's reasonable stuff. It's reasonable living. It's not extreme when Christ is your goal. And the only way you're going to think that way, the only way you're going to live that way is if your mind is renovated. If Christ is your goal... See, you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't do it. 
while you're conforming to the world. You can't wish it done. It's got to be on purpose. We make this statement and then I'll close. We make this statement and then I'll make another statement and then we'll close. If you're going to be close to the Lord, if you're going to grow as a Christian, it's going to be on purpose. It's not just going to happen. Just like you have to rebel against conforming, you have to decide whether or not you're going to have a renovation. How foolish would it be for somebody to come in and renovate a house or get all the garbage out during the day and for the owner to come back and dump all the garbage back in at night? That's what happens when you come to church on Sunday. Man, your spirit gets, re- it gets renewed and you're like, I'll make this decision. And then, and then you go and you watch the same things on TV that you always watch, listen to the same music you always listen to, you hang around the same people that you always hang around, and you know what happens? All that garbage comes right back in. You've got to renovate. Renovate. 